and we welcome you into another edition of Gateway to Baseball Heaven. I'm your host, Daniel Sharpto, C70 is about at C70 on Twitter. With me as always, it's Tara Wellman from Birds on the Black and at Tara Wellman um, on Twitter. We are, you know, Tara and I are fortunate, I guess. Or it's nice that her birthday is the day before mine. So Tara had her birthday yesterday. I had mine today and and I'm going to register a complaint here real quick and it's very silly and very selfish and I'm going to do this now so we can talk about the serious issues later on but at August birthday as you know Tara you're pretty much always blessed with baseball right I mean it's very rare <laughs> generally yeah that you don't have a baseball game but then last year on my birthday was that weird Friday that they had off before they went to Oakland mm. You know, which made absolutely no sense when you looked at a scheduling, but whatever. <laughs> Next year's schedule, my birthday's on a Monday, and there's no baseball game. So I thought, okay, this year, yeah. Um, so I, I figure in 2022, there's going to be a rainout. Um, and 20, or 2023, there's going to be a strike. I mean, who knows how long it's going to be before I have baseball on my birthday again. But that's a minor <laughs> detail, because we don't really know when we're going to have baseball again in 2020. And that's a little bit more of a pressing situation. Cardinals obviously have COVID cases. They have did not play at all this weekend in Milwaukee. Um, and Tara, we were talking before the show, the numbers are in flux. You don't necessarily know who's counting who, but it really sounds like it's at, at least three players, at least three staff, couple of other people around um, and then maybe some more new positives today. It's a, a very, I guess the journalists are earning their money right now. Let's put it that way. Yeah, no kidding. And that's not as succinct as it sounds either, because not only are they having to explore all of these stories that they never imagined they would have to explore, they're also having to straddle a really weird line of what is acceptable to share, what is unethical to share, what is responsible, what isn't, what's actually their job to share, how much is necessary for the public to know, all sorts of those things. So it's a weird time to be covering baseball because you're not really covering baseball. You're covering all of these, you know, adjacent topics that are affecting baseball. So I don't know. It's, it's a mess in every way. And I don't know quite how you get a handle on it at this point. No. And, and you're right. I, I think the journalists are used to covering baseball, like you said, but they've even probably by now gotten a, at least a fairly decent hand on covering labor issues, which is what we saw a lot of, but covering health issues, this is not any, I mean, nobody goes to journalism school to, to write about baseball and learns about viruses and, and how they expand. This has got to be a lot of learning on the fly for them. And, you know, which can lead, and not, not that we've seen it, but can lead to some, maybe some bad information or some conclusions that aren't accurate. Yeah. And it's so hard to, in the world of Twitter, because two things, one, everyone's rushing to be first with information because that's the nature of the business for better or worse right now. And quite frankly, I think it's worse right now, but two, this is such a complicated and layered and nuanced story in the sense that boiling it down to a Twitter quote is likely going to eliminate a lot of context and a lot of additional information that 
you need to really understand what's being said about it. For example, there was a tweet, uh, you know, when the first news about the Cardinals broke, a, a prominent player said, we can't let this crumble or whatever. That's such a micro view of I'm sure what that conversation was or what that player meant. But you tweet that and there's an immediate eruption of responses to the idea that how dare he that's so selfish when we don't actually know if that is the way it was said, if there was more to the conversation, if he was just sort of in passing saying, man, we got to figure this out because we can't let it crumble around us, which is a lot different than I don't care. We're going to play anyway. I can't let this crumble. So we're seeing a lot of that. And I picked that one tweet just as one single example of what's been happening for the last week. And look, it happened with the Marlins as well. And I don't want to you know, act like this is just something that only happened to the Cardinals in, in their situation. But it is hard. It's hard to discuss this in a way that is timely because it changes every five seconds and in a way that is accurate and complete, including the context in which some of these things are said. There was more uh, on Sunday from John Mozalak that I saw taken out of the larger context of other things I heard him say or, or qu other quotes I saw from him. So it's easy in all of this to go for the headline, right? To go for the clickbait, to go for the thing that people are going to go, oh, he got that quote from somebody. Here's a, how I can react to it. It's a lot more difficult. And quite frankly, it takes a lot more responsibility and restraint to let the story play out enough that you're providing accurate information, not just sharing in the rumor mill, which is most of what we've seen the last few days. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and I mean, there is that natural inclination for trying to fill this void of not knowing. Um, but it doesn't, you know, sometimes you just got to let it breathe and, and figure out what's actually right. Um, I know a lot of people that follow us on Twitter or have read the blogs or whatever know that um, we had our annual, our annual vlogger day was virtual this year. And we had a chance to talk to Joe Monzalock on Wednesday, right before, it, before all this broke, we didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> uh, they were taking the tests that, that turned out to be positive must've taken them just probably within hours of, of that conversation. Um, and I, I really came across it came away from that feeling like the Cardinals had a good plan, a good grip on things. Now, again, it wasn't that they were not going to have this happen to them, um, but it felt like to me they had been very serious. They've been very um, intentional about their response to this, about trying to figure this out. They knew what they needed to do. Um, they knew they needed to do the contract tracing and they had, were prepared for that. Um, and I mean, honestly, Mo felt a little bit ragged, I think to some yeah. degree because of, of all the, the stress that's going into this to the point where he, he really didn't have a whole lot to say about the baseball um, because he's been so focused on this. So I hate to see that it came out and, that the Cardinals are having to go through this, but I feel like, and we'll see knock on wood because the virus does whatever it wants to do. It feels like, but it feels to me that they've got a better handle on it than maybe Miami did. And so hopefully it won't be quite as severe uh, of a case for them. But again, it just depends because once that virus gets into your, um, 
into your bubble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the um, biosphere, something of go. that nature. Was you know, when it's in there, then it's in there, and there's not a whole lot you can do about it because you don't know that it's there until too late. Yeah, I think bubble and protocol are going to be words mm-hmm. that we never, ever, ever want to say again after the 2020. Um, but you're right. And and that was honestly my biggest takeaway from that conversation with Mo is that he just seemed like he was exhausted, but so intent on mm-hmm. trying to make this work and trying to be as much ahead of it as they could be, which is why it's so frustrating then to see it. I think the if you're looking for the silver lining, it's that they had done a lot of work ahead of time to prepare themselves and and hopefully be in a situation where that contact tracing would be in place and and uh, you know effective enough that they could go back and and figure out the root of the problem so that they can eliminate it as quickly as possible. But I also think it's evidence that even the best laid plans aren't necessarily going to work in this season, Mm -hmm. right? You can do everything or think you're doing everything very proactively. And I know there are rumors out there about players acting irresponsibly and whatever. Listen, I don't appreciate the spreading of rumors as fact. And I think it's incredibly irresponsible for anyone without all of the information to share that as some additional noise in the shuffle, right? So Mm -hmm. I I don't appreciate that. And I think it actually adds to the chaos instead of being helpful in solving it. Um, This isn't a situation where the Cardinals front office needs you know, citizen journalists to send them photos as evidence. It's not, that's not the situation that they're in, right? That's not helpful. It's not the way they're going to figure anything out. And it just adds to the tension. It adds to the conflict. It adds to the aggression from fans or rival fans or whatever. It's, I, I'm sort of on a tangent here with this, but I, I, I've been so frustrated (laughs) by the, irresponsible sharing of rumors that are completely unsubstantiated when in time, most of these things that we've seen turns out it's not what was initially shared. So maybe just back off the rumor mill for a minute, everyone. (laughs) Um, But the point is, it's it's easy to hear those things and think, oh, well, obviously this is a matter of players acting irresponsibly, an organization that didn't take it seriously. Of course, it's the Cardinals, which is a thing that I've heard people say. And it's just it's it's frustrating then in light of the conversation we had with Mo, because at least I mean, we talk about this from the top down, right? He was taking it as seriously as you could possibly take it. And sure, he could have been lying to our faces and doing absolutely nothing about it. But the man wore a mask <laughs> yep. into a virtual Q&A. <laughs> OK, <laughs> like I don't think he's faking it for the cameras. Um, so, you know, we're talking about a, a team, an organization, a front office, and he praised the training staff for being all over the guys, for not wearing masks indoors and for staying away from each other and all of that. Now, if we want to talk about what's happening on the field, the high fives and the proximity to other players and the lack of masks when they're on the field, like that's all fair game. And we can talk about that and criticize that. And I'm not suggesting no one should ever be critical of what the Cardinals did or didn't do on or off the field. It's fair game if it's factual. (laughs) If it's rumor, it has no business being shared. But 
I'm, again, a little bit lost on this tangent. The point I'm trying to make is they were as prepared as a team could have been, and it still happened. And that's what makes this whole thing so scary. That's why I think we're seeing some other guys opt out this week because they're looking around and going, I thought we had this under control, and we clearly don't know what we're up against. Yeah, rumors might be the only thing that spread faster and yeah. than, than the virus does. Um, I do think you're right. I think it wasn't. There's no. It's not a coincidence at all that Lorenzo Cain um, backed out of Absolutely the season not. with the Cardinals in town and having this hit. Um, I don't have any idea because I I don't know if we can get in the mindset of of uh, Cespedes who. <laughs> did leave apparently for COVID reasons. He just didn't bother to tell anybody when he did it, Um, which is a whole another story that we might get into later. But, um, but you're right. I think that players are seeing this and saying, look, this is, this is now the second team that's hit this. And I think that again, like we said, we, Miami had a lot of young players and you could maybe write it off as young guys, not taking things seriously. But the Cardinals are a, a fairly veteran organization, an organization that has shown to be intentional about what they're doing, and they still caught it. I think it's got to make some people wonder, is there a way to not have this happen to our team? And now, of course, um, David Ross thinks that the Cubs have done everything perfectly right, and with none of you know their players are great on this, which as I told Alan on our Meet Me at Mutual, is about the best way to make sure that the virus finds you because it's just that kind of spiteful thing. But, um, you know, I, I I don't, again, I don't, we don't need to get into how they got it because that's not our job. I mean, you know, maybe someday we'll find out, maybe someday we'll find out because somebody got traded this off season um, because for not taking it seriously, it feels like, what was that quote that somebody had out um, from some veteran player? It may not have been a Cardinal player, but <laughs> no, it but it like sure that. sounded like Yaddy. <laughs> <laughs> it really sounded like Yaddy and Molina. Of you know, you give us, you get this on us, and and we will have you traded, uh, and I can do it. And it's absolutely true, yep. Yaddy could, <laughs> and it has that kind of feel to it. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's you know again what Mo said, Yaddy and Molina, Adam Wainwright, they're walking around with face coverings and and doing what they need to be doing and setting that example. Um, And again, you can only do so much. I mean, this virus will find you if you let it, if you give it an inch and it feels like, and then somebody did. Now the Cardinals, there's some report out there. It's not confirmed that the plane to uh, Detroit, which is the plan, the plan right now, as of, as it stands at the moment, the Cardinals are supposed to have tomorrow off. They're supposed to fly to Detroit, have a workout, and then play a game on Tuesday, a doubleheader on Wednesday, and a game on Thursday, all in Detroit instead of half in Detroit, half in St. Louis. There is a report out there that the plane to Detroit has been canceled. Now, that's not been confirmed at all. The club is not expected to give any other updates until tomorrow. Um, so take that for what it's worth. But there were indications that there were going to be some more positives out of this, Tara. And that just makes you wonder, when will the Cardinals get back on the field? Yeah. And I think, as with anything, right, we're waiting on confirmed information, whether it's Mm -hmm. the plane or whether it's what exactly new positives mean, right? Because there were at least four tests that were sort of floating out there in 
question mark land, that it sounds like the rapid test result was different from the swab test that was sent to the lab. And then they retested to confirm one way or the other. So it's a little up in the air whether the new positives are those four or however many tests that were inconclusive the first time, or if it's new in addition to those four inconclusive tests, which is kind of the point I was trying to make about how quickly things are being reported, right? Because Mm -hmm. at first it was, oh, there are six additional positive tests. And then it was, oh, there are six total positive tests. Oh, now there are four positive tests. Oh, there's one player and three staff members. Oh, there's one player and two staff members and a coach. Oh, there's one player and then these four. (laughs) So it keeps changing as actual information becomes available, which might make it better to just wait until the information is available instead of trying to sneakily get it out before someone can confirm it. So yeah, there's It sounds like, and then it's just really vague things, right? Like a tweet that says, uh, I'm hearing that the news on additional tests from the Cardinals is, quote, not good. Well, how do you define not good? And a single additional test is not good, but it could be 12 additional positive tests that's not good. There's a, a wide variance in how you describe or how you define a phrase like not good. So I don't, I mean, it's, it's, The thing that we have learned very clearly about this virus is that it spreads like wildfire and you can't stop it unless you get out ahead of it. And you can't get out ahead of it when your test results are two days behind. So the Cardinals, uh, to their benefit or to their uh, credit, I suppose, I think that they've handled it once the the test the positive test was confirmed. I think they've handled it as best as they could because, I mean, we're seeing now guys are losing their minds confined to their hotel rooms yeah. <laughs> uh, between Austin Gomber tweeting a picture out the window and wondering <laughs> what it feels like out there. Uh, I want to be to where the people are. Adam, yeah, to Adam Wainwright creating little mini golf shots in his hotel room to Jack Flaherty uh, creating a way to throw against his mattress which seems very dangerous to me but you know it is what You're it is my fan it though, so there, you go, right. there you go there you go a little less power behind that throw perhaps um but yeah i mean they've handled it i think in the best way that they could they identified positive cases immediately like mo told us on wednesday if they identify positive cases they will immediately be removed from the bubble and then they will begin their contact tracing to find anyone else who may have been impacted it sounds like they're process has worked it's just you're trying to play baseball in the middle of a pandemic (laughs) there are too many ways for it to go wrong for it to not go wrong at some point yeah and i mean again if if they could get an instant test or this virus was something that didn't get passed until you showed symptoms then that's a totally different you know we wouldn't have this problem it's the fact that everybody tested in Minnesota, then got on a bus or and get on a plane and went to Milwaukee. So they're all together in that regard. And I know you did the research that the air air circulation <laughs> is different and things of that nature. But you know, still, I cannot imagine sitting in a tube, you know, even spaced yeah, out. Yeah, it's, it's the proximity, great. evidently, not so much the recycled air, right. but nonetheless, proximity for a long right. amount of time. I mean, you got them on there, and then they go to the hotels, and you know, I'm sure that they're staying apart as soon as they could, but well, and they did a workout. They, they did a workout on Thursday in Miller park. So yeah, there was at least probably some of them, of, yeah. 
Yeah, some of them did. So, you know, after all that, and they do all this before they even find out that it's positive. So by now, you know, granted, it's almost like locking the barn door after the horse has left because, yes, they're all locked and separated out, but, you know, who knows who's spread to who. So um, it's a mess of a case, which I don't, we definitely didn't think we were going to get into this, you know, when we started back in February. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know that really felt with this player pool, which still is a little bit weird because as again, with the Marlins and now the Cardinals, it's not exactly being tapped yeah. this player pool. Um, they're not, I mean, granted it's difficult to do when you don't know who's, you know, then you're just worried about spreading the infection to some more people, but you know, they haven't had a chance to do that, but you know, we thought, I kind of, I think there was this idea that somebody's going to test positive. They're going to be isolated. You bring up somebody out of the player pool, you just keep going. And we've not seen that with the Marlins and with the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. This is a substantial um, issue, a substantial disruption of the schedule. Um, I don't, I don't know. Baseball seems to be very adamant about continuing to go. Um, I'm well, feeling Rob Manfred's not a quitter. So I try, I try, um, <laughs> unless it, it comes uh, to punishing cheaters, then he kind of quits yeah. halfway through. Or, you know, finding uh, a way to make minor league baseball stick around. But whatever, right. you know, it's fine. Right. right. Just, well, he didn't, you're not a quitter hey, in the face did, of a virus. He, he but. didn't quit until he got those teams destroyed. All right, I mean, that's true. That's so, true. you know, not a quitter. <laughs> um, but I, and I'm guessing that means that the players get paid if the schedule gets canceled, is my feeling. Um, because if they didn't, I think they might be more open to canceling the season. Um, where do they draw the line? I mean, if, if we have to spend, I think it was what 20% or 15 or 15% of last week's games were canceled. You know, we've yeah. already gotten a good start on, you know, the Cardinals got wiped off this weekend. Uh, the Marlins still haven't picked up play. They're supposed to pick up on Tuesday. They've missed a whole week of stuff. You know, if, when does this, integrity of the season thing come into play and this idea that you know it's just it's just not worth going through all this hassle yeah i don't know i think to suggest and i i know i'm not the first person to make this comparison i think we even talked about it last week right the nba shut down for one positive test and granted we've learned a lot about the virus since then we have learned that a lot of people are asymptomatic and never present symptoms and that's great from the standpoint of the actual risk factor to these people but we've also seen cases like freddie freeman where he thought he was dying uh Mm. i'm not gonna say the name right now because i'm trying to think of it on the spot but another player who had symptoms now has a significant enough heart disease heart condition that he's out for the season yes thank you uh all of a sudden my mind went blank um (laughs) and so the, the idea that, and I keep seeing people respond with, so what? They're not going to have symptoms. So what? It's not dangerous for them. So what? They're not over 70. Freddie Freeman literally thought he was dying. Yeah. <laughs> Another player now has heart disease and cannot play baseball anymore. So we cannot just write this off as it doesn't matter if they're if they test positive because it's not going to affect them. It's not going to affect most of them, likely, but how many people at that kind of risk is too many before you realize or before you decide it's not worth pushing forward? And quite honestly, I don't think there's a good barometer for that because what we've learned in the last week is that the owners 
don't actually care (laughs) because Rob Manfred works for the owners and 60% of the Marlins roster ended up testing positive and great. I'm glad that there aren't a bunch of players who are on their deathbeds. That's fantastic news, but that doesn't eliminate the risk for them or their families or the people who work for the team or the people who work in the hotel or the people who are serving them food or the, again, as we've talked about the domino effect of what can happen. So What's the line? I I honestly have no idea at this point because two months ago, what happened with Miami would have shut it down for the year. Right. Uh, I feel like a week ago, there was this talk of, well, as long as it's just Miami and now it's an additional team and it's like, well, as long as, you know, it's as long as they can play a week from now. So the the line keeps getting pushed because Rob Manfred's not a quitter and he doesn't want to uh, not make any money this year for the owner. So, um, you know, I think that's that's all part of it. I do think that they're going to have to address some of the holes in the agreement. Um, I don't know how you fix testing because of the fact that there's this incubation period where for right. five days you might not know. I don't know how you fix that, right? But baseball is tricky in that it's a sport that plays every day. So you don't have the gaps in between to kind of give yourself a chance to get out ahead of it. You cannot yeah. get out ahead of this. There is no way. But I also think there's going to be some sort of and, – and I do believe there was some – addendum sent to teams regarding some of this off-field stuff that no one can actually confirm because, and I know I tweeted this out the other day, but there's one section in the operations manual for 2020 addressing conduct outside of club facilities. And let me just tell you, the entire paragraph basically says, we're not responsible for you. So it talks about acting responsibly and exercising care, but it doesn't define what that looks like. And it specifically says two things. One, teams have to come up with their own codes of conduct for players and their families and people associated with them. That's that's a thing that teams are supposed to do for themselves. And two, MLB will not formally restrict the activities of, of uh, players away from club facilities, and they will not be involved in the crafting or enforcement of these team-specific codes of conduct. So basically, this whole paragraph is Major League Baseball's out to say, nope, we're not responsible for it, and it's the union's out to say, you can't find us if we go out. So it's just this cluster of no one taking responsibility for what happens off the field because no one wants to give up any of that control. And I think they're going to have to address that, either in making clearer team policies and allowing teams to put into place suspensions or fines or restrictions or whatever, even if MLB is not going to enforce it, or they're going to have to, and I think this is a larger problem, they're going to have to come up with something that's more uniform. Because Mm -hmm. if the Cardinals come up with a code of conduct that is different from what the Cubs do, and the Cardinals come down with COVID cases, and the Cubs don't, and it affects the Cubs season, then it's they're going to be able to say it's because the Cardinals did. So it just creates this weird back and forth that not only is there a huge delay in testing that creates this problem, but you also cannot ever have the sense of security of thinking, well, everyone's being tested, so that must mean we're fine. If you don't create some sort of traveling bubble. <laughs> and that bubble means you don't go out to restaurants and you don't go out to bars and you don't go out. And again, we have no confirmation that any of that's actually what happened. And we as the public probably never will. <laughs> but 
if you don't establish that baseline, you cannot create a bubble like the NFL or sorry, NHL or the NBA. And again, we don't really know how long that's going to work either. But again, the point remains, if you're going to eliminate this problem from happening, you have to fill some of those holes in the agreement that we've all been pointing out all along, right? None of this is surprising to the uh, extent that we knew there were going to be problems. I think it is surprising that baseball doesn't seem to have any idea how to handle it. And I mean, it's, it's really weird. I think we all expected that travel would be the problem, right? Mm -hmm. But as far as I can tell, you know, both the Cardinals and the Marlins got infected at home. Yeah. You know, it, the, the problem then became when, the, you know, they traveled and probably how it spread. Mm -hmm. But the, the general infections started at home. And, you know, it, it's really weird to think that a team that travels more might be better off than a team that stays at home because they seem to have yeah. pretty locked down on these things, right? They are, they may be doing bed checks and things of that <laughs> nature. They are. John Mosley you know, like himself. Exactly. <laughs> Um, you know, compliance officer. Yeah. Um, but you know, they're, you know, they're ordering their food in or the hotel's bringing it to them. You know, this, I think it's, I think it's probably easier for these guys to hole up in a hotel for, you know, in theory, two or three days turned out to be a little longer this time mm -hmm. <clears throat> and say, okay, I'm going to do this. Then we'll you know, get out and we go to a different hotel and whatever than to be at home and it's like oh man i need to go out to get this or i need to go do that or there's a lot more unrestricted time at home and that's yeah. you know where this seems to be the problem um so far and you know again it's not necessarily that either i mean there's some indication but again we don't know that miami might have been a little bit um negligent in and their stuff, we don't know that. You know, we know it's just like we don't know what the Cardinals have done. Um, and so you don't want to blame a player for doing the wrong thing, but it's, it is easier to be out and about. Or in in some situations, your family is out and about, and then they come home. And you know, we don't yeah. know if if somebody has brought that back in, and and that's how it's gotten in. So you're right. Unless you can lock everything down in this, you know, biosphere that you know, or was it Biodome? Wasn't that the movie from Polly Shore? Um, I, not that I've watched it, um, but you know, unless you can do that kind of thing, and I know the, that's what they're trying to do. There's just no way to do that for baseball. So you're just gonna have to, to hope that everybody can, you know, understand what's at stake and do their best, and realize that sometimes the best just isn't good enough, and that's maybe what we're seeing here. Um, but yeah, it's it's hard to it's really hard to deal with this when the Cardinals are now two and three and had a terrible two games in Minnesota. Um, <laughs> Remember you know, when baseball happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you could argue that the Cardinals have been off even one more day because they only got three hits in that last game, and you could say they didn't yeah. show yeah. up. Um, <laughs> but so to think that. I mean, you're already guaranteed that you're not going to see a game till Tuesday. It very well may be later than that if there's significant things. I don't think this is the way they wanted Dylan Carlson to make his debut, but it very well might be. Um, this is, and then I just, again, this whole season, I mean, it, 60 games is small enough, but if you get down to the end of the season and some teams have played 54 and some teams have played 57 and, and, you know, somebody gets into the playoffs because their winning percentage is a couple of points better than, it's like, really? What are we what are we doing here? 
Yeah, it's, I mean, this has been the fear all along, right? Is that there's going to be so much compromise that has to be made to play any baseball that not only is it not going to feel like baseball, it's not going to look like baseball as we know it, but it's not really going to count like baseball should count in the sense that everyone plays the same number of games and everyone's up against, you know, the same the same opportunities, if nothing else. Right now we've got teams that are facing these big layoffs, whether it's because of, you know, in the case of the Cardinals and the Marlins right now, positive cases in their own backyard or like like the Phillies who ended up having to take their own layoff to make sure that nothing had spread to them while they were on the field or sharing, you know, the facilities with the Marlins. And so you've got weird competitive advantage versus disadvantage thing that's going to happen the whole way through. And I think we all knew to expect the unexpected in this season, but it does when you look at it strictly in terms of baseball, it feels like you're going to get to the end and go, I guess that happened. I I don't know if it really worked in terms of baseball, but you know, we made it (laughs) and uh, that might have to be enough, I guess, which is a a weird way to, to think about it for sure. Yeah. And I mean, you've, you know, we've seen added the DH, you added the expanded the rosters. You've, you know, got the extra runner in uh, you know, on second and extra innings. And then this week they make the doubleheader seven innings. Um, it really is starting to get to the point of what is the same from a baseball season. Um, there's not much. Uh, it's, it's very difficult to, to imagine how this is going to go. And, you know, maybe this is a <laughs> it's sad to say, this could be a tactical advantage for the Cardinals to get their COVID <laughs> out of the way. And so they don't get it like the last week of the season when they're making this run. Um, you know, maybe somebody else has it that week and, you know, they catch whoever. I mean, I, that, and that would be, it's, it's silly to say that, but that's really what it's boiling down to, right? Because, I mean, yeah. Mo talked about, you know, before the end of the season started, it may be whoever's the healthiest. Well, it may just be whoever time gets their outbreak at the right time. Because yeah. if you were, making a charge in the last week or two and then got to sit down for a week because people are out and no chance to make those games up. You know, what does it, you know, it's unlikely the baseball is going to say, well, the season doesn't count. We're not going to have playoffs because of that. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to keep going whether, whether you should have been there or not. So how, what, how much has 2020 warped our brains that we're like, Oh, we should, you just want to be the team that gets your outbreak out of the way first. Right. <laughs> how <laughs> damaged are our brains from trying to process life in a pandemic? If, if that's how we're talking about it, but you're right. And I, I think what's sad is that you're right in the sense that it doesn't seem like baseball is going to do anything to halt a season where too many teams end up, dealing with an outbreak, it's just going to try to manage it and minimize the effect or the reach as much as possible. And, you know, the conventional wisdom, I think, says if you can't keep people from getting sick, (laughs) maybe Mm -hmm. don't do the thing. But the conventional wisdom doesn't always apply to uh, to the owners and the commissioner of this league. And look, the players want to play too, right? They, they want to get paid. And if the season gets canceled, they don't. So everyone has their own interest and their own stake in what's going on. And the complicated thing is trying to figure out how to do something that on paper doesn't necessarily seem like the wise choice, you know, from the get-go. Right. Well, and again, you're right. I think that's something that has not been as 
I mean, there was some look at that, but you know, David Price comes out after the Marlins thing saying, well, the owners don't care. You know, it was the Marlins players that decided they wanted to keep yeah. playing, even though they had positive tests. I mean, and which led to it expanding even more. I mean, not that I'm thinking that the owners have the player health right <laughs> off of their no, list. No, but you've got to realize that the players don't always make the right decisions either. And we know that yeah. we know that from every other year for the guy that should have been on the DL, but doesn't mm-hmm. want to be, um, or goes out there and tries to give you two or three innings. We has absolutely nothing because his arm is shot and needs Tommy John surgery or whatever the case may be. Players are going to play. Um, you know, the Marlins could have, you know, bubonic plague and they would still want to play, you mm-hmm. know? So, you know, the fact that MLB allows players to make that decision is another indictment on them as well. Um, this shouldn't be left up to them, yeah. but they seem to do that anyway. And again, you, I think it's something we do. We do tend to, you, you mentioned this earlier that I wanted to get back to. Yeah. We don't know what this virus does. Even if you don't get symptoms, you know, what are we going to see in 20 years? Are we going to see this, you know, outbreak of, of people that, you know, have the virus that are now having lung issues that are having heart issues that are having whatever the case may be. There's some indication of, of brain um, issues as well. I mean, and, and if that's the case, I think this era is going to look at, at a lot worse um, because you've put people at risk, you know, without needing to. Um, so hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully this is one of those things that is not going to be a lingering health issue for these players that might get this, but you know, it's a new virus. We don't know. And, and I think some of us would err to the, on the realm of caution. And some people are like, we'll deal with that when it comes up. So, uh, it's a, it's a mess all the way around. Um, so there we go. It's a, it's been a lovely week as we can tell. Um, Tara, is there anything that was actual baseball that you want to talk about or, or do you think we've, you know, covered everything we have to cover? You know, I think to just comment on the, the series with the twins, I think what we saw is that the twins are really good. Mm-hmm. I think we saw the Cardinals bullpen is pretty legit. And I think we saw that the Cardinals offense still has just as many question marks and potential holes as it did last year, which is not an encouraging sign, but Keep in mind, the Cardinals went from the Pirates, who are not good, to the Twins, who are very good. And so I don't know what you really take away from that as far as where the Cardinals will end up. Um, You know, should baseball actually happen beyond the next couple of days? But it it does show that they're, they're still not... And I think this is what a lot of people have a problem with. We talked after that first series about the potential that there is, about the the possibility of this team having some real strengths. But I mm-hmm. think what they still lack compared to whether it's the Twins or the Yankees or the Dodgers or the Braves or even the Astros, I think it's that, that punch in the lineup where you go, oh, this is going to be hard. Not, oh, this could be interesting. Yeah. And while this could be interesting, can present a competitive team. It doesn't necessarily give you the confidence going into a series with the twins to be like, yeah, we can match that blow for blow. And, you know, quite honestly, that's been the offensive challenge the last handful of years. And it seems like it still is. Yeah, we're still, and I get, I, I think somebody that, you know, Harrison Bader's probably 
almost glad that this came out because there was getting a lot of heat <laughs> on the Harrison Bader yep. after that Minnesota series. Because again, we're seeing where he is. He's not hitting anything. It's not a fastball and teams aren't throwing him anything. That's, you know, not a fastball. I mean, they're, they're throwing the breaking stuff and everything of that nature. And if he can't figure it out pretty quickly, then it feels like Lane Thomas is going to get a shot. And then Dylan Carlson, again, depending on, on all this stuff, you know, if maybe the Harrison Bader's the one guy that didn't get it and we'll have a, get a little bit of extended <laughs> run because he's the only guy that's healthy. Um, but I think that, and this is just throws everything off. Right. I mean, cause it was about the time where you'd like, okay, maybe they'll give him another game or two, but then, you know, if they struggle against Milwaukee, they're going to have to do something. Well, now, I mean, how do you judge when this team comes back, especially if you're playing a lot of those guys that are in Springfield now? So they're quad A players or prospects coming up or first getting their first looks, whatever the case may be. How do you then, you know, how can you judge that team when they're playing at maybe 75 or 80% of their, you know, strength? I don't know. I mean, we will do it because we're fans and we'll say, well, they ought to have won that game. (laughs) But on the whole, it's like, is this really, this isn't the full version of the Cardinals that, um, that we were expecting and hopefully it won't hurt them. But, you know, in, in a competitive central, or at least it's supposed to be competitive, the Cubs continue to be healthy and beat up on people right now. But, um, you know, that losing a game because you've got your, you know, you've got Justin Williams instead of Tyler O'Neill, for instance, could be, could be the difference in, Probably not, maybe not making the playoffs and so everybody's going, but, um, you know, being the wild card or not. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. The Cubs got off to pretty much the best start they could have hoped for. And to not only do that, but to be a team that has not had any COVID issues as of yet, that has to feel pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> has to feel pretty good and then give them the kind of confidence that they didn't always have last year, I think, just in their ability to bounce back. Now, their bullpen is still a disaster. And if their offense doesn't continue to put up a whole bunch of runs, it's going to blow games for them. It will happen and it is going to be ugly. But the fact that they have been able to score runs pretty consistently is a is a good sign for them and a bad sign for everyone else in the Central right now because – uh, they're healthy and scoring runs. So, um, you know, all all the combination of nightmares for the Cardinals this week. Yeah, it's just really start this all over again. I think it's really what we yeah, would like to do. Just get a do-over and try um, again. But then I think we would like to start over like January. Um, right, yes. It feels like that's, that's kind of the way this year has gone. So... All right. Well, Tara and I will be back with you next week. Hopefully we have some games to talk about. Um, I guess we'll have some names to talk about because if anybody's, you know, still on the COVID IL by that point in time, um, but uh, we'll, we'll do all that next week. But until then, that is Tara. I'm Daniel. Good night. Hey, Cardinals fans. Thanks for listening to this week's show. If you liked what you heard, you can find us on iTunes. Just search Gateway to Baseball Heaven under Podcasts and click Subscribe. While you're there, feel free to give us five of those little gold stars or even a quick review. And tune in next time as we break down another week in Baseball Heaven.